From Duck Creek Technologies, it's Conversations on the Creek, the podcast series where we interview our partners about how the latest technology and insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. I'm Rob Savitsky from the Duck Creek product marketing team. And I'm Zach May from the Duck Creek Alliance management team. In today's episode, we're incredibly excited to bring you part two of our conversation with Ryan McMahon. Vice President of Insurance and Government Affairs at Cambridge Mobile Telematics, or CMT, who will be sharing his perspective on how telematics is impacting personal auto insurance. CMT is a mobile telematics and analytics company that makes the world's roads and drivers safer using mobile sensing and IoT, machine learning, and behavioral science. If you haven't listened to part one of our conversation, I highly recommend you go back and check that out first before listening further to this episode. Our part two conversation with Ryan resumes with me asking him about the technology used to deploy telematics. Check it out. Just changing gears a little bit, Ryan, love to get your perspective on how telematics is being deployed today. I know you mentioned the technology. It's been around for a while, um, certainly has evolved since then. And so from a technology standpoint, what are the differences between collecting the data via physical hardware, say, uh, you know, the dashboard dongle plugging into an OBD device, versus solely relying on a cell phone to capture that data? Yeah, it's a great question. I think one of the things that's changed is you have this movement to um, go away from limited time period uh, analysis to try to stretch that out further. So when telematics first started, again, these devices were so expensive that the insurers uh, were trying to figure out either do we make these uh, available just to a certain niche? And if you look at uh, places like Italy and certainly the UK, very strong with um, what is termed black boxes. And these are devices that you drive uh, yourself to a, a mechanic, um, to a to a shop, and they actually install it, hard installed into the vehicle. And for youthful drivers in the UK, that's kind of really the only use of telematics up until this expansion into to mobile. In the US, it was really more of the plug-in devices, the OBD devices. And that uh, technology had really been the the market leader here up until, again, the, the advent of mobile. And mobile has enabled new business models and that data to flow um, more in, in different ways. So lower costs, really, back to the initial point, lower costs really enable an insurance company to do different things, like a try-before-you-buy program. Try-before-you-buy means that before you're um, before you even become a customer of an insurance company, you can download an app, drive for a period of time, and then that data is then available to be used in the quoting process. Very hard to do that with the technology that uh, was prevalent again in the UK, Italy, and, and here in the US before mobile because it'd be hard to get physical hardware out into the, the marketplace. But you know, physical hardware does have a great, um, great use case. And I'll give you an example of our tag. Um, our tag is used by uh, by a number of CMT customers, and, and really what that's doing is tying the data back to the insured vehicle. So in mobile telematics, you're recording um, really when the when the device is in motion. So you have to be able to filter out the um, types of trips that aren't uh, corresponding back to the insured vehicle. And sometimes that puts a little bit more load on the individual user to be able to go through and look at those trips and say, I wasn't driving in this case. That um, gets better over time with machine learning and other techniques to be able to filter out drives that aren't in a in an insured vehicle. But when a tag is used, for example, you have the ability to 
ensure that the only time the trips are recorded is when that um, when that connection is made between the pair when they see each other. So it's a great example of kind of the the business model driving the technology. And there's great uses for both mobile and and uh, mobile plus tag in uh, in the world around us today. The key is the ability to to be able to ingest that data in a way that um, insurance companies can make use of and that consumers can can understand and it's uh, transparent. And the the data use case um, really drives the the um, application of the technology all the way from the try before you buy, like I mentioned, to the other side of the equation where someone gets into a crash and uh, that data is then available at the time of a claim to help um, speed along the the information gathering process and ultimately settle those claims faster. Got it. No, really interesting perspective on on how the technology has evolved and complements each other. Um, when, when you talk about business models as as you do, and you know people. Uh, use terms such as usage-based insurance. Um, you know, you hear sometimes about paper-mile programs versus uh, you know behavioral-based discount rewards for for good driving and different combinations of that. I, I'm curious for carriers that are are just getting into telematics, which business model or business models are you seeing the most of these days? Yeah, that is a great question. So CMT has about 65 active programs across the across the globe. And the variation between those is significant. The creativity in the insurance industry is amazing. There's a lot of very, very smart people, company to company, and the application is as diverse as the individuals and markets that sit into them. So, you know, I'll give you an example like the company I talked about before. There's a rewards program that uh, is run by Discovery Insure, and they've done some amazing work. They actually just launched their program in uh, partnership in the UK as well as an example of using uh, the technology in a very unique way of, of almost like a loyalty type program, but uh, combined with a wellness program where the safer you drive, the more um, the more value you get relative to things that aren't necessarily related to the, the dollar of the policy. But, you know, again, there's other companies that are varying the premium each month based on how someone drives and how much someone drives. So you have mileage-based programs and mileage plus behavior programs that are taking the premium calculation and using the, the amount of time that someone is driving or the amount of distance that someone is driving and uh, and then how safe they're driving that that distance as the ability to, to set rates as well. Um, the more traditional program here in the in the US is a pay how you drive program, meaning that you download an app after you become a customer, um, usually for some enticement, uh, five or 10% off the, the uh, initial policy price. And then based on your driving, that discount goes up or down um, and in some cases, there may be a surcharge depending on your your safety. Surcharges are more rare in the U.S., um, but the the general programs and the usage of those programs is to be able to assess how someone's driving and then um, compete for the safest drivers. And the reason that insurance companies do this is, you know, they certainly care about the roads around us. And I think that there's uh, amazing altruism in in our business. But the the core issue is they want to be able to match rate to risk and improve profitability. And and they know that. In general, when individuals select a telematics program, they're about 10% safer than drivers that don't. They also know that drivers retain substantially better when they're in a telematics program because their pricing is more in line with their um, with their risk. And it's something that enables that driver to, to really get the most benefit from the policy they receive. And then, um, you know, the really cool thing is this change of moving to the the continuous type business model where the price is updated uh, or the discount is updated every every six or 12 months based on someone how someone is driving. And there there's an incentive to continually improve. 
the uh, feedback is there all the time. And we actually see reductions in uh, frequency and severity from that model because there's a continuous feed of information back to the driver. They see it. They see exactly how their driving corresponds back to what they pay for insurance. And there's a huge incentive to uh, enable them to, to continue that safety. So that's a great, great use of it. Yeah, I know that's that's really interesting, Ryan. And sounds like it's it's definitely being used in a lot of different means, depending on what uh, you know carrier's goals are. Um, I guess kind of looking back at you know the past uh, you know two decades uh, and getting to what we were talking before about the initial adoption of telematics by large carriers, I'm curious how how can telematics providers help the mid market and smaller carriers uh, with starting a telematics program? Yeah, I mean this is a great question. <clears throat> the the where this industry is now, you see there was a, a a number of early adopters that started in their own marketplaces and developed programs that have scaled substantially large. I mean, we're talking millions of drivers at this point across the globe in, in each discrete program. But where we sit in 2021, I think we there are more there are more insurers that are looking to to get in and um and to use the technology. And it's actually coming to the point where um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of interest in the core business models and pricing, but also these other issues of of being able to use the data and claims and being able to use the data in other um, in other aspects of the business to help improve driving. the The challenge of getting into market really is um, the insurer ensuring that they have a a strategy that meets their market that that work has um, has really been um, completed and thorough that you know, the the core use of the technology is understood very well. The application of the technology is is understood very well. And then it's just a matter of really putting a, a line in the sand, putting a foot in the ground and taking the next steps. And we have seen really some amazing work in this case. In some cases, actually this past summer, we had an insurer that within a month uh, of talking to us decided exactly what they wanted to do. They had a product up and running um, about six weeks later for their internal um, customers inside of their their business as they were um, building out their their long term strategy to really shift their business in that direction. The biggest challenge, I think, and this is an area that I I think both of you guys do a uh, really good job of understanding and and helping is having the ability to make use of the information inside of the core systems that exist already in uh, in the business. The the platforms that that you guys offer and the ways that you guys work with your customers, I think, are key because ultimately. This technology is fully polished, ready to go, uh, ready to bring into the market. The biggest challenge that often happens is how does once an insurer says, "Okay, we're going to make use of this," we have, uh, we know exactly what market we're going after. We know exactly the uh, value proposition we want to go through. We have the regulatory piece all uh, taken care of. We understand exactly what the regulators want to see. Now, how do we make sure that it is in our quote, quote flow? Now, how do we make sure that it's in um, the right data mart inside of our shop to ensure it's there? And we've done um, really the, the 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 heavy lifting to ensure that that data, those pipes are connected in a way that makes it a lot easier for insurers. And I think that where we sit today is so different than just a few years ago because all of that uh, all of that groundwork that needs to happen to ensure that the the piping and, and systems are are all ready to go to ingest the data in all sorts of creative ways. That's already there, and um, you know sometimes that's the biggest hurdle to to ultimately get in the product and market. Absolutely, completely agree. You know, I think it's definitely all about democratizing the data, and that certainly has opened up more opportunities for for carriers in all shapes and sizes to uh, innovate with with whatever kind of um, you know new programs they're they're looking to build and run. Really interesting perspective, Ryan. 
So I think we would be remiss uh, as we are looking to conclude the discussion if we didn't talk about COVID-19 in the ongoing pandemic that the world, of course, has all been facing together. You know, when, when, when CMT has been working in this space um, over the last year or so, and, and as well as for the foreseeable future, you know, what, what kind of trends have you all seen at large um, during this, this time of the pandemic where I think we all can assume there has been, you know, less drivers on the road than there was uh, before all of this started? But in general, Ryan, could you kind of just talk about some of the larger trends you all have seen um, with within this, this space during the pandemic? We could do an eight-hour podcast on this topic, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, it is fascinating, actually, to see what's happened um, relative to the, the the area of consumer mobility and, and risk and those elements. I'll give you kind of the, the substantially shorter version. So I think everyone understands that um, volume went down on the road. Risk actually went up at the same time. So if you go back to April, um, which is really when things kind of the first month, the first full month where there was a kind of a massive global change that was we started seeing changes earlier than this in places like Italy and uh, certainly Asia prior to that. But in the U.S., April and then I think all the, the world was at that point where we saw a massive reduction in uh, in volume. The corresponding um, rise in speeding, we actually saw the highest degree of speeding. And when we say speeding, we don't just mean like the average speed on a road. We mean the um, the number of miles per hour, kilometers per hour in excess of the permitted limit in uh, in a given area. We saw the highest degree of uh, of risk from um, from speeding um, that we ever saw in uh, starting in April. We saw the same thing in uh, um, with distracted driving. So you had drivers that were going faster and were substantially more distracted. This is also paired, which is interesting, with this consumer rise in, in interest in telematics. So going back to that same time frame, J.D. Power started to do Pulse Survey to analyze um, consumers' sentiment around insurance. And what they saw was this really big rise in interest. I mean, we're talking like 240% rise in consumer interest in the use of telematics to rate auto insurance. It also happened at the same time that uh, pricing became substantially more important to the consumer in their buying decision process. So you have interest, you have consumer interest in using telematics to, to um, get a uh, better price on insurance. And you also see price become more paramount in this time period. And they did, I think, six or seven surveys in the first uh, first period of COVID. And what they found is just, you know, this continual rise in, in both of these issues. And then at the same time, insurers are trying to figure out how do we ensure that we retain as many drivers as possible? How do we make sure that we're um, going to stay solvent in an area that, you know, looks easy now as we're substantially further into this? But first of all, insurers were still trying to sort out are our customers going to be able to pay their bills? Is there going to be enough um, enough uh, new business to be able to substantiate the the work that we've put in? And um, all that came together to create a, a really strong rise in the use of telematics and the strong interest of uh, of insurers to be able to use telematics in a more effective way to market, acquire, and retain customers. And that's sustained through through COVID. And we've seen more insurers um, really increase their interest in expanding their programs, as well as using the telematics data in ways like uh, in claims that is uh, is new during this period of time, too. So um, it really is a it's it's a interesting business case when you look at 
the changes on the consumer side, the changes on the business side, the strategic need, and then at the same time, you know, the work that can happen to help reduce or uh, or at least um, uh, create some help on the, the road safety side, because the road safety issue is a huge issue right now um, as we're recording this in COVID. And uh, it started as the roads kind of opened up a little bit. So it's made it a, a bigger issue, and it's certainly something that um, sustains to uh, to this day. Yeah, no, that, that is really some, some fascinating points you have just made about how COVID has affected all of this from just the the sheer, um, just massive uptick in insurers' interest in telematics programs to how, you know, at large you have seen driving behavior uh, change during during this very strange time in the world. Um, so with that, you know, I, I do want to kind of just you know, begin to wrap up and really, Ryan, give you the opportunity just to really close out with any final thoughts you might have had from any of the points we have just discussed, as well as uh, c- concluding thoughts to, you know, what CMT as well as in, in the insurance company at large can do holistically to make uh, our roads safer to drive on. Yeah, thank you, Zach and Rob. Thanks for having um, having me on on behalf of CMT. It's uh, been you know fantastic to really engage with the team at Duck Creek. I think that um, when we first had the conversation, I think I was straight from you know not too long from the um, time in in Carrier, and I very much understood the the challenges and push pull of the number of projects and priorities that always exist inside of a carrier. So the more that we can do as a technology provider uh, to make it easier to get our um, to get our um, platform in uh, in the hands of the individuals that are using it on a day-to-day basis, the better it is. So um, kudos to you guys for making it incredibly easy to um, to go through and put that work in because I can tell you from uh, again, my time in, uh, in the insurance industry, there's always a um, a long list of projects that um, that the the team always is looking to uh, to put into play, and the more that we can do to make it easier to um, to use technology to bring innovative products to make it easier for customers to um, understand what they're paying for insurance and ultimately reduce the risk on the road. It's a it's a really great uh, study and, and story about how um, how the the real um, the back end work creates a, a difference for uh, for all of us. So. Uh, big, uh, big thanks to the the work that you guys have done, and I'm really, uh, really happy to see what uh, the outcome has been to this point. We appreciate that, Ryan, and yeah, thank you again for coming on. It's it's been a pleasure having you here today, and thank you all for tuning in today. Before we conclude here, I wanted to highlight that at Duck Creek we have an integration with Cambridge Mobile Telematics, where we pull in driver risk scores to our policy admin system, which can be used for underwriting and rating. To learn more about our integration, go to duckcreek.com slash partner slash Cambridge dash mobile dash telematics. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other great podcast episodes, webinars, and other content on our virtual events platform, vformation. You can do that by going to vformation.duckcreek.com. We'll see you next time.